less than 20% of people click on ads ever. Click on paid search ads, click on social media ads, display ads, email, like, so we have a, like the strategy of automotive inventory ads works to a small percentage of the audience, but what about everybody else who's not gonna click on our ad? Let's have something that takes up space, let's make an impact, they can like, they can comment, they can share, or they can just at least see us. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason, the Drive Edition. We are here in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Digital Dealer Conference, where today I am joined by Andrew from Dealer MG. Andrew, thanks, man. Hello, Jason. For taking the time to come jam with me. I appreciate it. First time, long time. <laughs> first time, long. Yeah, first time caller, long time listener. Is that one of those? That, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I've listened to it a lot, dude. I, I like the approach. I like the vehicle and I like the sitting side by side and just having a conversation. Well, man, we're gonna have a fun conversation. We're gonna talk anything and everything we wanna talk about when it comes to marketing today. You so, uh, you know, I like kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story, Andrew, because I am always fascinated, A, for myself, of how people get started in the business because I don't think anybody just wakes up one day and goes, hmm, yeah, automotive. That sounds like <laughs> the business I wanna be in. So, so let's kick it off with that. How did you get started in this crazy little world that we call the automotive industry? When I was a little kid, I remember going by a dealership and they were short on inventory and it was kind of an empty lot. And I thought they need my help filling that <laughs> lot. I'm going to figure out how to market to the masses to get inventory purchased off now. <laughs> It's, it's the same as a lot of people. You're either born into it or you kind of meander and walk ass backwards yeah. into auto. Is that, is that what you did? Did you kind of moonwalk yeah. back into it? Like in short, all marketing from, from school to billboards, radio company, then worked at Facebook for uh, like 2010, 11, where I met my business partner, where we started our ad agency. Keith, we branched off and we were working with everybody who would be willing to pay us to run their ad <laughs> campaigns and optimize them and do design. Sounds like kind of how I started my agency too. Yeah. Anybody would pay me. Okay, you're gonna pay me, all right, we'll do it. And it was a lot. It's like, okay, you're a chiropractor. Uh, oh, you have a franchise of a chiropractic clinic. Is there like a CRM that we can, you know, it's like trying to figure out every single industry and I was doing a lot with like outdoor retail. Okay. Which was like Patagonia, yeah. Mountain Hardware were some of our bigger accounts that we did these uh, pretty labor intensive co-op programs between manufacturers and retailers. And then we picked up one car dealer and ah. it was Charles Mon Toyota in Austin, who since has sold, and we worked with them for, the, for nine years. And they went from spending two thousand to fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars a month on Facebook and Instagram, which is like okay, and it's consistent. And they started pointing the finger back at us when they went from two hundred in sales, two hundred units a month to a yeah. thousand to twelve hundred. And it's like okay, 
Sure. We'll yeah, take I mean, that they, they had new management, new staff, but they were kind of like giving us a little, some of the credit. So that's how you got bit by the automotive bug? Right. And then I'm like, if we just focus on this and stay in our niche of paid Facebook and Instagram with car dealers, and we got a second one and they started getting great results. And this is 2013, 14, when nobody was really spending on Facebook and Instagram at the yep. dealer level. Yep. And it, we just started zeroing in and I finally flew out to a just, digital dealer. And really this is when I started taking it seriously when ah, I went to okay. Orlando or maybe it was Tampa. Tampa, I, I, I remember sat, that. Yeah. I sat next to one of our dealers who was like the marketing director and I bought him some uh, Bloody Marys on a Southwest flight. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's the difference with your internet department and the BDC? And he would tell me a little bit about that. I'm like, they're kind of similar. Okay. yeah. You guys sell new units and you lose money per car you sell. How are you still in business? Okay. And then you went, you went through all of it? Yeah. And he nice. just told me how a dealership operates. And I'm still learning. That guy just blew through a red he light did. completely. <laughs> um, yeah. And since then, we've been able to hire people based on merit and having a background with automotive, having a background with digital and have a light on so yeah it's, it's fun it's been and it's like like marketing has been i originally went to school for marketing i thought i was going to come up with the next bum 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 you know and then i got sucked into the car business i never even finished never even finished college i was like oh okay this is great right overrated um but yeah there's just especially in the early like early 2000 mid 2000s and up to like you know 2015 or so it's just like it was kind of wild wild west there's always something new coming you know it's just like and when Google was always bringing out some type of new format and then Facebook came out and came out with this thing called ad manager. And then they were, had 12 different, you know, 12, 12 different type of ad formats and then came out with lead ads. And it was just, it just so much fun and so exciting. Right. And, but the one thing that really bugged me, um, when I started the agency, our biggest goal was that we wanted to be a very creative first agency. And I found out very quickly, and I was a dealer principal, and I turned, and then I sold those, and I became a, went to the dark side, became a vendor. Um, and, and I couldn't get dealerships to pay for creative. But just, and, and honestly, as an industry, we've been able to run kind of subpar creative, and it worked. Like, you know, just $250 bi-weekly, that worked, that worked, you know? But now I feel like the times change. So many different targeting parameters have changed, our audiences have changed, and now I think the biggest differentiating factor for a lot of agencies is going to be the creative. So I'd love to kind of get your take on, you know, on that. It was like how important creative is going to be to a dealership's marketing strategies over the next few years. I feel like you are the Canadian version of me. <laughs> Most people think I'm Canadian. I only lived there for 15 years. Oh, okay. I'm born, I was born in Boise, Idaho. Okay. <laughs> so it's always funny when I was there because I come down here to speak at events and they introduced me as the Canadian, but then when I was there speaking at events, they introduced me as the American. So I have no idea what I am. <laughs> well, you're the Idahoan version. Yeah, hundred percent. Create it like I, it's it's also you know it can help separate your agency if you've got a creative shop, but it's it's going to also separate the dealership. Yes. And when we're looking at paid social or even like display campaigns, when everybody's running the same exact thing. Like I just saw Meta, I saw Facebook do a presentation just at Digital Dealer a minute ago where 
something like 80% of the impressions are AIA, automotive inventory ads, just carousels yep. showing your inventory and your price compared to branding, compared to retargeting conditionally, all these things where all the budget going to AIA is because it's easy. Yes. It's easy 100%. to set up. Well, it's not easy to set, but once you figure out how to set it up, it's easy to do that across a lot of dealerships. And what it does is it drives what a lot of dealers are conditioned to look at as their key performance indicator, which mm -hmm. is VDP traffic. Yep. Okay, cool. That's a great way for us to drive really cheap, talking 10 cents, 20 cents mm -hmm. per shopper coming to the dealership's website, shopping that vehicle detail page and typically bouncing really quickly, <laughs> but then they can see that. They can, yes. as a dealer who has a marketing person in house, they can look at their Google Analytics yep. and say, yes, okay, those are coming to our VDPs and there's a large volume of it. And so it enabled a lot of companies in our industry to be able to say, okay, we'll do VDP traffic at $5 per person to the vehicle detail page. Mm -hmm. And then it's a race to the bottom from that's there. I was like, okay, we'll do four, we'll do yep. three. It's like, let's, okay, that's gonna be part of our strategy. But it's also a race to the bottom for the dealerships. Yeah. The only thing they're out there marketing is price and their inventory. Now that you're just comparing, you're just comparing inventory. Like that's not, you know what? Someone told me this a long time ago. Uh, creative without strategy is called art. Mm -hmm. And I find there's a lot of artsy people in our industry right now. <laughs> like creative with strategy called marketing. Right. And, and it's, yeah, what, what are we putting in front of somebody? Yes. Who is it? Where Who's, are they? Yes. Who is What's it? their relationship with our dealership? Do, they, do we think they don't know anything about us? Or did they just buy a vehicle from us and they're not doing routine services, but they live close to us? Those people should get completely different ads. 100%. Right? 100%. Well, it's 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 a creative relevancy. You know, that's like, it's it's not enough that you just put one ad out there. And let's use the truck, for example, right? Which I'm always fascinated with the truck because the truck has, uh, the truck today now has so many different audiences. It's crazy. For families, it's become now the, the primary family vehicle. Uh, there are trucks out there that are more equipped than Mercedes S-Classes and are incredibly luxurious. And then there are trucks that can tow 20,000 pounds and it's just such a broad, broad audience of people that are now buying trucks. You can't expect just to put one set of creative out there and it's going to speak to them. Yeah. And what are they looking for? Is it the utility? Is it the yes. safety? Is it the ego? Is it the, you know, the image, is it the horsepower? Uh, and and what we found, like just, you know, as you we were talking about like lead ads, uh -huh. like, okay, cool, digital marketers understand lead ads and leads, <laughs> and dealers understand leads. Let's step on the gas and just do leads. Did you try that? Oh yeah. We How did that it. work? You know, um, I was fortunate when I, when I had my dealership, I had this kind of aha moment uh, where I was getting exhausted about talking about leads, right? You know, uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, it's like every conference you went to and every every exhibitor hall you went into, there 70% of them about lead generation, you mm -hmm. know? So I stopped, I said, you know, fuck it, no more, all right? I wanna know how many meaningful conversations we had, not how many leads we had. And that was like just this monster, just mindset change where it was like, it was no, no longer gonna measure leads, I was gonna measure conversations. 
And boy, did that change my marketing strategy really quick. And the conversation, the caliber of the conversation that yes. you're having with the dealer, not about leads and lead volume and cost per lead and how terrible leads are and how unqualified they are and how many people accidentally filled them out. Instead, you're talking about the inventory, the market, their staffing, the service department, the service yes. retention, and things that can actually impact the bottom line for the dealer instead of, I'm gonna get as many people to fill this lead form out. <laughs> and if, if you're not converting them, it's on you. Um, yeah, we did the same thing and quickly realized it's making a really, not adversarial, but well, since I said it, yeah, it's, it's it is, yeah. hey, my, we gave you tons of leads and, and instead of us focusing on, hey, this is branding. Yes. So I'm not going to, like, if you're comfortable with this, I'm going to insist that we do just 10% just of our budget going after reach and frequency with a big, beautiful ad that takes up as much space in the newsfeed and in the stories and in the reels that talks about you, your family, the dealership, the years owned, the good you do for the community. Yep. And that's it. I don't want them to click it. It's going to be great. If they click it, sure. if they fill out a lead form, amazing. 100%. But that's not how we're going to measure the success of that part of our campaign. Mm -hmm. Where this is going to be services. We're going to go after everybody who moved here who's driving Hondas for your Honda store. Yep. That didn't buy from us. We're going to try to pull them into the dealership and then we're going to drive traffic to your service pages as well as people who bought who aren't doing routine services. Mm -hmm. Give them coupons or give them, you know, at least pull them through to our service department online. Well, you're and not, that's you're all not, we want to see. Yeah. yeah, you're not marketing at people, all right? You're marketing to people, you know? I think too often we're, we, we just have a tendency of, because it's easy. It's mm -hmm. easy to market at people, right? It's easy to you know, stand on the, the top of your dealership with a blow-up gorilla and yell, hey, we got to sell, come on in. Like that's, it's singular, it's easy. It's, that's a good idea though. Oh yeah, you like the, yeah. the gorilla? I think we should get one of those. <laughs> that's a business here. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that I literally just saw a dealership post a picture on their social that they of a gorilla sitting on top of their dealership. I'm like, oh God, no, please don't. <laughs> but but marketing to them means you actually have to know your audience. You have to spend time actually, you know, understanding what they like to do and what their hobbies are and you know where they located and you know what's their family structure like and like it takes time you know but i will say this i will say this that i'm seeing more and more of that shift happening right now you'd mentioned 10 percent around the brand and awareness mm -hmm. i'm actually kind of seeing closer to 25 all the way up to in some cases 50 percent of ad spend now being allocated to campaigns like that which is great yes. and also Less than 20% of people click on ads ever. Yeah. Click on paid search ads, click on social media ads, display ads, email. Like, so we have a, like the strategy of automotive inventory ads works to a small percentage of the audience. But what about everybody else who's not going to click on our ad? Let's have something that takes up space. Let's make an impact. They can like, they can comment, they can share, or they can just at least see us. Which I've always been kind of amazed why not more dealerships kind of buy into that strategy. Uh, because you mentioned it earlier, it's a very much reach over frequency. Mm -hmm. And which is something they actually really understand. 
because whenever they bought traditional marketing, either radio or TV or newspaper, well, it was 100% about how many people I can reach and how many times will my radio spot play over the course of right. a week. You're, you're never going to go and create a radio spot and run it once. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like a, a lot of, like the analogies between radio and billboards exist with paid social, especially yes. where you're going 70 miles an hour past it. We need to make an impact as that person goes by. We can't have our phone number, email, fax Someone's number, scrolling. tons of text. Mm -hmm. Let's have something that makes an impact for that person to either take action or at least see our brand and be able to understand what we do and why they consider us. Yes. You know, it's funny when you, when you think of like other really, really big brands, you know, they measure brand lift. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they want to know how many more people know we are here and that we have arrived, you know, and that, that just has never been kind of a strategy. Well, maybe for a small amount, but for the most part in our industry, it's never been a strategy that I think we've executed well. But the cool thing is I am seeing more of it now. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because we don't have the inventory. All right. And there's definitely dealerships out there are still making marketing commitments. And, you know, they're, they're, they're really focusing on the, the why buys here, not, not the been right. in business for 27 years and da, 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 but like real, real Wi-Fi. Right. And know? then with that like lower funnel conversion strategy, hit them hard with the branding, but then also like, you know, okay, if it's not sales, if we're everything we get, we're selling right now, it's being much more prescriptive with the advertising for trades. Mm -hmm. Instead of we buy cars, it's we're aggressively buying Accords right now to fill our lot and then go after everybody who you sold a, an Accord to over two years ago, as well as everybody whose DMV records say that they have an Accord. Now the ad coming through the customer's newsfeed feels much more tailored to them instead of we buy cars, which- Well, you're acknowledging me. You're acknowledging that you yeah. know me. It actually feels really good, to be honest with you. Like it really does feel good. And there's some companies that, that do great jobs of it. And I think a lot of dealerships don't, I don't know if they know they can do it, to be honest with you, right? I think there are some that just like to hit the preferable easy button. Mm -hmm. you know, inventory ads, you know. Then I think there's some that are just simply not aware that that is something that you can do even at a small dealership in Boise, Idaho, you know. So here's a question I have for you. Because um, I'm seeing a lot of dealerships right now, let's say, restart their marketing dollars. Like I'm seeing the dollars start to flow again, right? But I find that they are being more strategic about restarting, right? Like they're right. not gonna have the same big budgets that they had before. So they're looking, you know, it's like, where do I start? Where do I put my money? So for any dealerships that are watching and listening right now, what would you recommend, you know, they start, where should they start in reactivating their marketing efforts? I'd have like have a, have an, a consultative conversation about what your store mm -hmm. needs. Mm -hmm. You There's, you know, a, a set, formula of different options and you have a couple of arrows in your quiver to say, okay, you're a rural CDJ store. Here's what we're seeing with the other CDJ stores that are, you know, a little smaller that do under 300 cars a month. Here's what we're currently doing, but let's talk about your store. Are your bays full for services? Do you guys have more room? Do you guys need more techs? Okay. Let's go after people who graduated blue collar, trade schools and let's start to fill up the tech. Do you guys need more uh, specific types of inventory? I know you guys will take any kind of inventory, mm -hmm. but let's talk about 
being prescriptive. I'm going to go after everybody who drives a Ram in our market. So that's where, I mean, to, and that those types of audiences too. It's like if somebody, you know, all the past customers who are not doing routine services, that's maybe 3,000 people. Yep. And instead of us putting $8,500 into it, it's 3,000 people at a $10 cost per thousand. I shouldn't have started doing exactly. math publicly, but that's <laughs> 30 bucks, I think, to reach them one time. Yes. And then you want to get them whatever. If you want to get them five times, okay, let's put, you know, 1,500 bucks into that audience. Or wait, no, three, 150 bucks into that. So we're looking so, at tiny budgets, yes. but very Big refined yes. audiences. And I think that is going to continue to be the play, no matter how much people preach going broad, doing automation, doing programmatic. Dealers need to always have in their playbook very refined audiences, especially yes. of their own database. Well, you're really reducing ad spend. Right. Or ad waste. Yeah. Eliminating the, the marketing ad waste while making the, the message that you're putting in front of your customer base much more relevant. Yes. Now let's talk a little bit about relevant, right? Because like I said, I, I think creative is gonna be the big focus, I think, moving forward. But I think, you know, creating relevant creative on content is gonna be key. Uh, what are some great examples you've seen out there right now? Uh, of people coming up with good relevant content, like from mm -hmm. the organic side at the dealership. Mm -hmm. There's a handful of dealers we work with that has somebody in house that gets like TikTok yes. and gets content and has a lack of fear of doing it where instead of us, so like, I mean, you're familiar with like a collection ad, but having the dealer introduce either the dealership or do a, a walk around and an introduction to the 2023 mm -hmm. and now my ad will either have that person's video with the walk around going after people who are driving the older models to trade in trade up or if we don't have any inventory you know have that connect to the pre-orders like it's working really well with ford it's working well with uh cdj for us to get new F-150 pre-orders in front of people driving existing F-150s yeah. and then have the dealer do a description of the new vehicle, the walk around. And then we either have like underneath that video, the relevant inventory, mm -hmm. or a lot of times we don't have the inventory. So it's just going <laughs> to the pre-order page and then we can track people all the way down to doing the pre-order. And now we have some relevant data of here's what it costs for me to reach somebody. Here's yes. what it costs for to us to get somebody to start the pre-order. And here's what it costs to get somebody to complete the pre-order. Well, that's that's very relevant and intentional, yeah. which I think is key right now. Andrew, I know, look, we're, we're at the tail end of our conversation here because we're literally pulling right up to the hotel. But hey, before I let you go though, for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now who would maybe love to connect with you or learn more, more about the company, what, what's the best way to do so? Uh, I'm getting more active on LinkedIn. It's not as terrible as I thought it was. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. A lot of people see stuff you post. So I'm Andrew Street on LinkedIn. Our company is Dealer OMG. Used to be online marketing group, and now it's just straight up OMG. Or or re reach out at Andrew at DealerOMG.com. Awesome. 
Andrew, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. It was enjoyable. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.